0: Well, I'm going to take a little diversion from some of the things I have typically done lately. Susan and I uh, had the, the, I guess really the privilege to to go and listen to a, a man named Paul Tripp. If you've got good eyes, you can see his face right here. He looks basically like that. Um, I think if you go to, oh here, paultrippministries.org, you might be able to see a more current picture of him. Um I haven't gone to the website, but I'm sure there's good information there. Um, but he is is a, a writer. I have read one of his books, Age of Opportunity. I have read about halfway through another one of his books called Instrument in Redeemer's Hand, which is a book on, on how uh, fellow believers can help their believers. And the subtitle is, is, is uh, People in Need of Change Helping People in Need of Change. Uh, and the underlying question is: Is how can we, who we know we're imperfect, if we have that mode in our own eye, how can we go and help our brother who has a splinter in their eye? And uh, so, I guess I heard about him going to be there. I thought, you know, I've, I've read one book; I really liked it. You know, he's a good speaker, and and uh, I'd have to argue he's probably a better speaker than he's even an author. Uh, very good. I mean, he uh, uh, this the seminar was five hours. Uh, and he never looked at any notes the whole time. Five hours. <laughs> uh, and and the thing was interesting. I mean, he did have a set of slides, which I took notes on here, and uh, uh, he probably skipped a good third of the slides because he didn't have time to go through everything. Uh, so clearly, and, and toward the end, you know, he he's looking at the time. He's supposed to be done at 1230, and he's, you know, I don't know, he went through about ten slides really fast because he, he wasn't gonna make it. And uh the, uh the the seminar that we saw, I think he said is gonna be made available in in ten twenty-five or thirty minute sessions uh in, in May instead of the five one hour sessions that that we went through. But uh I, I thought I'd maybe give you the highlights, maybe give you a taste to encourage you to go. Uh, it was interesting. I I uh, you know most of the people I would argue that were there were probably people with with younger children the vast majority uh which is good uh because as he talks in in here that you better start young or you're gonna have problems um I can say for myself I felt like we've we Susan and I've done pretty good at the younger years I don't know so if we've done so good at the older years uh I'll, I'll speak frankly and fo- fully uh God has been gracious nonetheless but uh but I was quite encouraged and, and he talks about that you know if you if you've had gaps in what you've done, you need to go back and fix them and then go from where you are. Um, but there, he talks about there's three phases of parenting the zero to five years, the six to twelve, and then the 13 and on are, are the three main sections uh, that he goes through. He starts with a, a discussion of what is the family? what is a family? Uh, and he, Starts, and I think I might have mentioned this to, to Brother Sam, but turn over to Judges chapter 2. <clears throat> now you've got to keep in mind, Judges comes right on the heels of of Joshua and bringing them into the promised land. You know, Joshua toward the end, I can't tell you the exact verse, but he but you know, one of the verses you probably remember well, me and my house will serve the Lord. I don't know what you're going to do, but me and my house we're going to serve the Lord. And then Joshua passes on and then we find this in Judges chapter 2. So this is early in the book, early in the history. <clears throat> in verse 6, When Joshua had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in timnath Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaesh. All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there rose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done in Israel." The sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord, the god of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who are around them, and they bowed themselves down, thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served the Baal and the Asherah. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of the plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them in the hands of their enemies around them, so that they could no, uh, no longer Stand before their enemies. Whereafter uh, wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for, uh, for evil, as the Lord had spoken, and as the Lord had sworn to them, so that they were severely distressed. And, and the point that he brings out clearly is the, the sad truth in verse 10 that just one generation. You had the elders of Joshua; the people served them, and as soon as they died and were gone, the people no longer served. And he says, "How can this be? How can this be?" And and fundamentally said, the families did not do what God had commanded them to do. The family being the key unit of teaching about God. You turn over to Deuteronomy chapter six, and. Uh, I don't have Paul trip here, but I'd argue he said you ought to read all the chapter. But I'm not going to do that. Start in verse one. Now this is the commandment of the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has given me to teach you, that you might teach uh, that you might do them in the land uh, where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson see they didn't make it that far, did they? <clears throat> Uh, might fear the Lord your God and keep all his statutes and his commandments which I commanded you all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it. That it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. To your sons, you shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You will bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your head. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. The key idea here being that the family is the one that is tasked to do this. When you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk along the way, you know, we're at church, what, you know, most of us here, we're here at church a lot, right? We're, we're here an hour and a half on Wednesday. We're here maybe some six hours from beginning to end, uh, from driving time, and that's it. What do we do the rest of our week? The task is the family is to do these things. And he talks about that the family has three primary uh, things to do as a learning community uh, you know, I think Brother Sam would like this the first thing he, he stresses the, the church is a theological community and the church is not designed to replace that activity it is, it is the importance in theology for those who aren't real up on your stuff theology is the study of ology is the study of theos is God Okay, the study of God. Uh, I don't know who said it, but he, I wrote this down because I liked it. You know, God is the ultimate fact. There is no more fact than you find with God. He also had another one. There is no knowing that does not begin with knowing God. That was John Calvin. There is no knowing that doesn't begin with it. You think you know something? If you don't know what God's Word says, you don't really know something. You know, I often think, as he said this, my, my mind jumped to uh, George Washington Carver, probably one of the, the greatest modern uh, uh, biologists, I guess, that we've had in moderns relatives. He, he was, what, 100 years ago, I think. You know, he, he is the one, I don't know exactly why, I haven't read the history, but he... Decided he would see what you could do with peanuts. I think it had to do with that the land had been so overgrown with cotton and the nutrients were so bad that about the only thing that would grow was peanuts. And then he tried to think, well, what can you do with a peanut? And in the end, I, I think he had hundreds, literally, of things you could do with a peanut, the shell, you know, on and on and on you went, uh, of the things you do. And, and what I do know about George Washington Carver is He went out every day and meditated for several hours about God, and and surely a tremendous scientist in his own right. Uh, There is no knowing that doesn't begin with knowing God. I like that. (coughs) Um, He talks about that children are designed to be revelation receivers, interpreters, and worshipers. Those were the three things he talked about. You know, emphasizing that they are not designed to figure it out on their own. They, they have to be taught. As parents, we have to instill awe in our children. And, and we, we are ourselves, unfortunately, are often blind to God's glory. And, boy, this is one thing that I guess struck out in me more. I mean, all through his presentation, you know, he emphasized how, you know, the world is, the Scripture tells us, the world is full of God's glory. Do we see it? Do we look to see where God is demonstrate his glory and are we careful to teach our kids that you know he says when you crack an egg and fry it in a skillet do we give glory to God that he has put a tremendous nutrient in this egg and how it cooks so perfectly he, he talked about you know I glory on food a lot I I I go with this guy <laughs> he says I taste the glory of God when I eat some stuff uh, you know, he talked about I guess as he has had the privilege to travel different places: the savannas, the Africa, the mountains in uh, uh, in Switzerland. Just time and time again, he he talked about. And this kind of struck me was that you know there's a, a place in the Switzerland Alps where you know it's negative whatever up there, and it's snow covered year round. And he said he and his wife had gone out and my, my wife and I had done something similar. You go stand out for about 10 seconds outside and you run back inside because it's so cold. They, they had gone outside and there was a flower that had pushed its way up through the snow and, and just giving glory to God, even at the top of the, of the Swiss mounts. Uh, and as human beings, uh, we don't live on facts. I thought this was interesting. We don't live on facts. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, the facts of our experience, but on the interpretation of our facts. Uh, and valid interpretations are only found in God. Uh, <clears throat> he, he spent some time, and I won't do any, any justice and I won't try to, to, to go through it, but the idea being that oftentimes, that's why you have to ask your kids, how did they draw a certain conclusion? Because they took the facts as they saw. And some form or fashion drew some result because they're thinking all the time and they clearly misinterpreted the facts at times. You, you're smiling. What are you? Well, I was thinking of his doctor. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he gave the example of his, uh, his children. I, he has a, what, an older son, a middle daughter, and a younger son. And the older son had been told time and time again, was he swinging something around. Hitting rocks with a stick in the backyard, and uh, he had been told not to do it, and he proceeded to smack a rock and hit the youngest son and cracked his head open, and he's bleeding like crazy. And the, I think the son comes running the house. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. You know, and the the younger daughter's running around screaming like a siren uh just, you know, letting this event know and, and the, the youngest son's laying on the ground just as calm as he can be. <laughs> and the and the dad's thinking, What is the deal? Why is this child calm like this? You know and he said he himself was pretty nervous and upset regarding the event and he his his son's lips were moving and very, very softly he was wicking, I'm so thankful my dad's a doctor <laughs> but he's not an M D <laughs> <laughs> he, he knew that his dad was Dr. Paul Tripp and uh, he, my dad could take care of me. Uh, he he dad didn't know anything about medicine. <laughs> his son had taken and drawn the facts but unfortunately he'd drawn an erroneous conclusion. Uh, and we do that unfortunately all the time. We brother David and I and some of the stuff we've seen in, in at work, you know, you can do all kinds of things and unfortunately scientists are known for gathering a bunch of data. And they generally expect a certain result, and then they'll maybe have some points that don't fit that result, and then they'll say, well, those those data points were wrong. Uh, matter of fact, the space shuttle that blew up is, is actually one of those examples where the scientists discounted some of the things that were going on, and many people lost their lives as a result. But but we have to be very careful when we're looking at the facts and we don't interpret them improperly. The second thing was that, okay, the first thing is a theological community. The second is a, is a sociological community. We, we have to train our, our children to be self-sacrificing in, in, to their neighbors. And who else is their neighbors other than your own family? Matter of fact, sometimes, as we've talked before, you're often not very kind to your own family. If you can't be kind to your own family, are you really demonstrating the love of Christ? <clears throat> You know that struggle that we have to really love each other. And what's love? Love is not, not a noun. It is a verb. Uh, it is doing things for one another. Go read you know, 1 Corinthians 13. You want to understand that better. And the last is a redemptive community to, to, to be learning about that and, and holding the standard high so that the weight of sin is felt. I, I really like this. He said, because grace is only exciting to sinners. And if you don't understand that you're a sinner, well, then why do you need grace? Um, so, so those are the three things in the family. Uh, talking about the target is the heart. They talk a lot about this in the Nank conferences that Brother Sam and I and Susan Abbey have gone to. Uh, as I think Sam has said before, if you get the opportunity to go to the, the Nank stuff, I would highly encourage you to make uh, three weekends, uh, one year to do that. Um, but Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 For there is no good tree that produces uh, bad fruit, nor on the other hand a bad tree that produces good good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. For out of a man, sorry, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil for the mouth speaks from that which fills his heart this is maybe not the the best thing but I think about years ago I had uh, well it's my 18th birthday I had uh, I had gone out and you know I was with my dad's family and let me tell you these were some wild and crazy people non-believers and they, they took me out to eat and they decided that they wanted to get me drunk and uh, they gave me tequila sunrises and I have no idea how many I had that night but I had more than I should have had and we went to Reno and gambled, which you had to be 21 to be there but I was there at 18 uh, and we had been up all night and we'd gone back home and laid down and, and I could hear my, my aunts talking in the other room I, they, I guess they thought I was asleep and, and they commented and this is before I was a believer Uh, this kind of struck me a little bit later but they commented that I was unusual in their in their experiences that most men when they saw that they got drunk got mean and I was just happy (laughs) I was just more happy Uh, and uh, I wasn't completely lost it but but the point is I believe a lot of times as a matter of fact Paul Tripp talks about this that his family would often get together for parties and these were usually drinking sessions and one of the uncles started behaving very very badly and his mother says hey, I want you to understand that's in his heart and it's coming out when he gets drunk it just shows you what's down there uh, and that's absolutely true and the target's a the heart if our heart is not right then we're going to have bad things come out of us we can't hide it in the end you know you can, you can hide and you can play games. You can put on a face. But eventually it's going to come out. And if your heart's wrong, things are going to come out. And, and understand, all of our hearts are wrong. Even, even when we're believers, uh, I'll talk about this briefly some later, but I, I'm mindful of a quote that uh, I've heard several times now, and, and, and John Calvin again, that the, the human heart is an idle factory. And the fact that we worship the wrong thing gets us into all kinds of trouble. Um, all of, our, of our, our word and our behavior comes from our heart and unfortunately the problems we have are often because our heart's not quite where it needs to be um, <clears throat> and he talked about his apple nailing strategy which is I'm sure you may have seen this before as you've got a bad nasty tree the solution is I'll just go outside and I'll staple good apples on that tree and make it a good tree and that's foolishness uh, He talked about that with your children, you can't threaten them or manipulate them or guilt them uh, because all you're doing is affecting the behavior. It's like trying to nail good apples on a bad tree. Uh, We have to get at the heart of the issue. Uh, The law can't do what can only be done by grace. Uh, I'm going very quickly here. I I apologize, but I'll, I'll try not to keep you too long. Um, there are two main lies that all of us tend to believe. And one is the lie of autonomy—that that we uh, don't need anything else from anybody else—and the lie of self-sufficiency that we have all that we have. Uh, and and you see this, you know, uh, Brother Sam's talked about it before. We've seen our own lives. You know, in a young child, you see this. They don't want help. They don't need help. Uh, they are the master of their own domain, and if they don't get their domain, they go into a temper tantrum. Uh, that that central part of the heart shows itself very, very early. Um, um, lots of different verses you can go look at, but you know you may give a few here to go look at Matthew fifteen eleven through thirty. We looked at at Luke six forty three to forty six just a second ago. Mark seven. 17 to 23 you know, everything that we be, our behavior what we say and do comes from out of our heart. you know either either ungodly vengeance, fear of man prides, love of self, self-preservation, fear, covetousness, envy, hatred, you know those all are the negative side or in trusting God, fear of God humility, love of others, laying down our lives for others perfect love brother sam referenced this morning generosity good for of others that we worry about that you know kind of a sharing behavior versus fighting and those type of things can only be affected if if we put our faith and trust in god let's see here i'm trying to skip down here I'm trying to take too much time at one thing here um I guess I'll, I'll read this. One thing is, is, if you don't deal with the heart, if you don't turn deal, you will you will turn moments of ministry into moments of of anger. Uh, if this is kind of if you don't deal with the heart issues, you will personalize what is not personal. <clears throat> you will uh, you will be adversarial in your response. And you will settle for quick uh, situational experiences that don't get to the heart of the matter. So, if you don't deal with the heart, those are the things that will happen. Proverbs 4, turn over there real quick. He uh, in Proverbs four is is dealing with the, the thing that uh, uh, is often talked about with child and that's the rod. I'm I thinking it was the uh, where's the verse. If you see it before me, let me know. I mean I have the right right chapter well um, no i'm not I'm not seeing it um, well i uh, I'll just skip that part um the, the the key parental responsibility is is to be an instrument of seeing, and we have to help our our children see the the thoughts and intentions. Hebrews chapter four, the thought and intentions of the heart. Um, he talked about when when there is a, a, an issue of of disobedience, i.e., heart problems. Uh, you need to focus on uh, the facts this is a five step process the facts, the heart, the behavior, the motives and then the harvest uh, again using the facts being what's going on if you have an issue and and the idea here is that you get the kid to explain he used an example of uh, uh, of I guess I forget which son it was but you know he uh, he hears the kids crying in the other room and the one son had taken the truck and hit the other kid over the head with the truck and uh, We've had similar events in, in our house, uh, and uh, so the, the point is, is you've got to get the facts first. What's going on? What, what's happening? <clears throat> and uh, then two is you have to get to the heart. What's the think what's the thinking or the feeling as it was happening? And in this case, he uses the example of "I didn't want him to have my truck." Uh, what was the behavior? You know, what did you do in response to behavior? And he uses the example, "I hit him on the head." <laughs> With the truck. Uh, why did you do it? What were you seeking to accomplish? Again, looking at what the motives are of the heart. And then last, what was the result? And he talks about you know, what's the result of this? And the little boy says, Trouble. <laughs> In a, a simple way, you know, again, the idea being I mean, don't be deceived, you will reap what you sow. These things that come out of your heart. You are sowing things, good seed and bad seed. And getting getting the children early on to understand that. Uh, He talks about the key is the starting with your own heart, the parent's heart. If your heart's not right, then you don't have anything to give. You know, and he says, Never underestimate the rebellion capacity of your children. It references to Genesis 3. Uh, and we should never diminish the importance of little moments. You need to deal with it every chance you get. Um, <coughs> Ephesians chapter 6, I think you know this well, verses 1 and uh, through 4. Talking as the children get a little bit older. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it will be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And then he, he doesn't skip this out. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Uh, parents need to be careful, purposeful, and intentional in, in their activities. <clears throat> Uh, and he says to be careful to not name as obedience things that are not obedience he says we are often uh, not careful to reward things uh, as an example uh, he used with his, with his own child you know, if you're, you're nice to your not with his own but I guess he references it as an example of if you're, if you're nice to your sister for a month I'll buy you a bike and he said further that next month It'll be nice to the sister, and he and he and bike, and immediately he's mean to the sister. Okay, you're you're rewarding not obedience in this case. Uh, you're you're giving a reward as a bribe, if you will, for for temporary good behavior, but it's not obedience. Um, you know, obeying is a willing submission to the parents that causes me to do what I'm told without challenge, without excuse without delay and he uses lots of this and, and uh, I, I won't use my kids for examples here because they're here but uh, there, are, there are, are many that you have seen where I'll get to that in a little bit uh, you know uh, why don't we get off the computer right now I'm finishing this game that's, that's an excuse or I'll do it in a little bit delay and you know why can't Jimmy do it you know challenge that's that's not being obedient you know <clears throat> he talks about honoring treating parents with respect and esteem because of their God appointed position and this is important that you learn not just because God here says it's a good thing to do but in your whole life he spent some time talking about this No matter who you are, if you're the most powerful person in the world, you're under submission. The most powerful person is is submission to who? God. Okay, but if you're anything less than the most powerful person in the world, which that pretty much covers all of us here, uh, you're in submission to some other human person. And if you can't learn to do that early on, you're going to have problems in your life later. Uh, He talks about um, that honoring... You don't address those in authority, or in this case, parents, as a peer, and you do not give commands to someone in authority. It's just like you know, if I walk into my boss's office and I want you to do this, you don't do that. You know, you appeal to authorities. The authorities give commands, uh, and the earlier you can learn that, and as parents, it's our responsibility to help teach what that looks like, and and to reward obedience and honoring and not otherwise uh, he spent some time talking about other things that I'll delay to go through here um, talked about the purpose of discipline to rescue and restore it should be not an expression of irritation or anger or impatience children, children need firm loving authority he talked about um, that the giving the rod should never be done in anger and he says you know and some of you may be thinking you know well you know i need to discipline this child right you know he says if you can't get your heart right then don't discipline period he says if you're a a parent that is designing to raise up your child there would be plenty of other opportunities to discipline the child (laughs) Uh, so if you you just can't get your heart right well then pass on this event proverbs 22 15 is the a key verse: fo- Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Uh, Proverbs 13:40. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not uh, do not be a willing party to his death. And and the point he says he's making here is that the scripture's clear that you need to associate pain with foolishness. And, and such that if you ever find yourself being foolish, understanding there's likely to be pain shortly behind it. Because in the world there is. If you do foolish things, there will be suffering. And the earlier you can learn that, that can save you much pain later down the road. A uh, couple other verses, Proverbs 23, 13, and 14. Do not withhold discipline for, from your children. For uh, if you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. Proverbs 29, 15 to 17, the rod of correction imparts wisdom. But a child left to himself disgraces his mother. Discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Um, he talked about common questions. And Susan and I years ago went to... Uh, uh, growing kids God's way, and and I didn't think they did a very very good job of this. But but the rod should only be used if there is a clear rebellion of authority. Okay, and and you know what this is this is like. Um, he's seen this, and I think Brother David shared some with his own boys and years ago. But he talked about that when his son got old enough to walk. He was about ten months old. He said, you know, got him over to the outlet, showed him where the outlet was. You to stay away from this. This will injure you and hurt you. And so he was the next day sitting, reading the paper, and his son sticks his head around the shoulder, around the corner, and Dad saw him out of his peripheral vision and says, that his son didn't understand that, you know, you have peripheral vision. And uh, didn't think his dad was watching, so he sneaks over toward the outlet. And then just as he gets to the outlet, he looks back over his shoulder to see if dad's watching, and he touches the outlet. And he said, the point of that is, the son knew what he was doing, knew he had been told not to do it, and the fact that he knew it was, before he touched it, he stopped to look and see if you're watching. Um, (laughs) He said, the Puritans talk about you need to mold the candle while the wax is hot. Uh, (laughs) Um, he gives a, a quick seven stage process um, you need to get a hold of your own heart i.e. I- you must be in control before you discipline uh, go to a private room discuss the event tell how many swats you're going to get affirm love pray for the child uh, give, give the child opportunity to pray and then ask what we have learned uh, that, that should be the process that you go through um, so that's kind of the the initial stage. You're again, the key the key thing. I guess I maybe didn't stress this well enough. And and is the is the teach authority and respect for authority. Um, in in ages six through twelve, you're working on character. And uh, I guess we talked about this. I, I thought of of the ATIA and the the character studies that they they did. Um, but character. Uh, is rooted in, character problems are rooted in the worship of the wrong thing. I never really really put that together very well in my own mind, but he made that very, very clear. Um, So this side of eternity will be very hard for your child to keep what God is saying important, important in their life. Uh, and he, and he, 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 these, some of these quotes he said many times that you'd get it down this side of eternity it will be very hard for your child to keep what God is saying as important as important in their life uh, character issues worship, worship loving neighbor versus self i.e. If often your problems come because you love yourself not your neighbor um, and the idols can be possessions pleasure, acceptance, respect, control Referencing Jeremiah 10 uh, the tools to uh, instruct again the Old Testament passages on, on idols uh, walk them through what the right things are uh, plead with them to love God uh, talk about your own struggles uh, and then process of comparison the rebuke he talked about often we don't understand what rebuke means and, and it's comparing to what's, what's good and what's bad look like that's what true what rebuking should be. Uh, perspectives to, to think about um, a, a, desire, um, a desire of good things when when a desire of good things become a bad thing, that desire has become a ruling thing. I'll try to say when a, when a desire of good things becomes a bad thing, when that desire becomes a ruling thing. Uh, he, he used the used example, and, and he, he said his son was about 14, and he was a pretty good basketball player. Uh, he was saying that his daughter, his, the shortest of his children is his daughter, and his daughter is six foot tall. I forget how tall his children are. And this man's not a pretty tall guy, but apparently his son was in high school playing basketball and very disciplined in his work, and he would, he would go out in the backyard and shoot baskets 100 at a time to to get the rhythm and everything down you know spent hours shooting basketball and his he said his son came in one day and he said dad uh, how do you know if something you really like you like too much and he's, and he's thinking like he's getting it <laughs> uh, and they had a good talk about this uh this idea that being even good things in our lives can be bad things if they rule us um yeah talked the one of the men that we really liked at uh, the night conferences last time a uh, Brad Bigney. Uh, he talked about he really likes to play golf, and he said there's been at least three times so far in his life where he's had to put the clubs down for about a year because they were becoming a ruling thing in his life uh, and and I think we all need to be careful of that. Um, you know are there things in our lives that are in themselves there's nothing good or bad about them but they are becoming a ruler of us uh do we spend an inordinate amount of time on them that doesn't really honor and please god um you know he talked about that that there are the three different relationships that you need to work on uh and keep in mind, these are yourself or your children, but with, with your children, their relationship to God, their relationship to themselves, and their relationship to the others. You know, do, does, does your child have independent worship of God? Uh, do, do, do your children love God? Do they take joy in the things of God? Are, are they submissive to the Scripture? Do they enjoy the body of Christ? Do they surround themselves with godly friends? Uh, I, I thought these are all. He said these are the things that that on children from again from six to twelve that you ought to be instilling in their lives and evaluating. He, he does spend some time talking about that. Often we don't uh, think of our children as as projects like you might at work. That they are. They have different needs at different times. And are we working on those things? <clears throat> the sec was the raisin himself. You know, are they? Are they self-excusing? Are they delusional? Are they, do they blame shift? Do they have high standards? Do they do their responsibilities without being told? Are they a good steward? Are they humble and approachable? Your, your child is most influential on your child. Uh, in, uh, in, in the book of Age of Opportunity, he talked about that when we speak out loud... Uh, we can speak maybe a couple hundred words a minute. When you speak to yourself, you can speak at about 1,300 words a minute. And are you filling your, your mind with things that so you talk to yourself and you're telling yourself truthful things? You spend more time with yourself than anybody else. You know, just like we read in Philippians, are you thinking on the right things? And are you influencing yourself? Um, he used another example which is kind of interesting that uh his his son had not wanted to go with the family when they went somewhere and the, the parents agreed it was logical under other circumstances but they were going to go stay at one of the elders house uh, other elders and and those children had gotten some movies and the son didn't feel comfortable watching those movies and uh the uh, parents came home later and they find Paul Tripp's son in, in the kitchen, you know just hanging out and they go, why are you in here?" He goes, well, they're watching some movies I didn't feel comfortable to watch and at that point uh, they said the parents got the other children together. and they had a little talk <laughs> about being good neighbors and being uh, a good host. Uh, whether the movies were good or not, that's not the point if If you have somebody over, are you being do you love what you're doing more than what you love somebody else doing? Um, and then last, your child with others, are they a peacemaker? Do they serve others? Do they, uh, do they, does conflict follow them or are they tender and gentle? Are they demanding of others or do they encourage others? Uh, I guess as contrast for peacemaker. Are they apt to be a king or a queen? or Do they serve others or do they force others or condemn them? Uh, all good things to be evaluating to see, and how you can con- encourage. So that was uh, six to twelve, and then thirteen to nineteen is the the focus is living God's way. Uh, you know, hopefully by this point they they understand authorities and that they are not the master of their own kingdom. Uh, hopefully by this time they have a decent relationship with God, with others. Uh, they love the things of the church and then are they living in a way that would honor and please god and in and, and age of opportunity i really liked this uh and and again i one i guess i clearly he thought about it some but we've been trying in the morning we've been doing uh, sticky situations and uh, some of them are pretty sticky uh some of them pretty obvious and what the response is but he said that as as adults and as young adults um We find ourselves in situations all the time. It's hard to know what the right thing to do is. Uh, And are we helping our children to understand the wisdom issues? And he he talked a lot about Proverbs chapter 1 through 8, that that those those chapters are as applicable today as they were when Solomon put them down on paper however many years ago. Um, He used an example of I think I shared this with my kids in, in Age of Opportunity that his son was uh, an intern somewhere and he had a certain job description, and his immediate boss asked him to do something that was outside that job description. I don't know the details, I don't think he even shared in the book. And so the, the son comes to the dad to ask for some guidance. And he went through about 20 different wisdom issues that fell within this one simple request. You know, Is he going to respect and honor authority? Uh, Is he going to do outside of what he's been asked to do? Should he submit or not? Uh, Just going down the list, and in the end, the dad never tells him what to do. (laughs) Uh, Trust that his son would would take the the different issues, work through them, and come with the right answer. And in the end, he decided not to do it, and he was fired. Uh, And then to, to kind of close the story out, about two months later, the higher ups found out what happened and they chastised the immediate supervision they said hire that, hire that boy back we want kids like this around here <laughs> and he was hired back it may not always work out that way uh, but it is often hard to know what to do uh, clearly you know if you're, if you're ever asked to do something that violates God's law we can't do that but other times it's difficult it really is. You know, I think we maybe take for granted, you know, talk about Solomon and God granting him wisdom. You know, it is tremendously important that we understand the Word of God and apply it rightly such that we have wisdom because it's 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 often very difficult to know what the right thing is to do. Um, let's see here. The Bible... Uh, <laughs> the Bible says nothing about teenagers. Uh, you know, what is what is the world of teenagers? You don't so you don't find that anywhere in there. Uh, he said the Bible is not arranged by topic, and, and he says that's one of the things that we Christians often do. We go find a verse here or there, and we endeavor to try to apply that one verse when we don't understand the entirety of Scripture. Uh, the Bible's not laid out that way, probably because that's not the way we need to, to take it in, and if we find ourselves going and finding all the verses and then trying to Draw a conclusion from that where we may not come to the right answer. Uh, watching out for cynicism in in our culture. Um, now Proverbs one to eight still fits this time. Uh, those those eight things, you know, you, uh, you turn over to Proverbs, you know, I, and keep in mind that the the words that are said here are not just for sons as as Solomon wrote them down. uh, The Proverbs, verse 1 of of chapter 1, Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. <clears throat> to understand a proverb and a, uh, and a figure, the words of the wise and the riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then it goes, hear my son your father's instruction, and it goes on. And, and there's no doubt, the first eight chapters of Proverbs are, are tremendous. Um, <clears throat> need, need to make wisdom and correction attractive. Uh, and it says, not be on your timetable. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I might have shared this the other day, but um, he used another example of his his one son that it, I related a story segment. He was very proud of him, and then he found out that his son had coerced a friend of his to cover for him and because uh, he, he knew he wanted to go someplace, and he didn't want to ask his parents about it, so he, he got his buddy to cover for him, and then his buddy got to feeling guilty and told his mother... Uh, and then his mother then calls the father, Paul Tripp, who was one of the elders of the church, and he says, "I don't know exactly how to tell you this, but um, your son got my son to cover him, and your son is not at my house." <laughs> and uh, after he politely gets off the phone with them, he says he stepped st- stomped upstairs and got all oh, mad in the face, and that son I get home. I'm gonna kill him. And his wife says, you, "You know, Paul. Now you need to pray." And she was like, "I can't pray right now." So, no, no, you don't need to pray for your son. You need to pray for yourself. It <laughs> uh, said so the son came in on Sunday afternoon, and his dad says, "You know, can I can I talk to you?" And uh, he he says, "Boy, wasn't it a gloriful weekend? And did, did you just enjoy the glory of God? And don't you just feel His presence?" and goes on and on his day and his son says who told you <laughs> 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 and he relays the story and, uh, and the dad says I believe it. And, uh, and they say that at that point his, his, as he's walking out of the room his son stops him and, and uh, says there's uh, tears coming down his son's face dad let's talk uh, <clears throat> he says "Oftentimes, the issues that come up in your family will not be when it's convenient um, you know, it might be 10.30 at night, uh, it might be later, it might be early in the morning. Uh, the point is, it's, it's our duty as parents to do whatever needs to be done at the time, make advantage of the opportunity. <coughs> um, the, the, the teenager will have uh, a tendency toward legalism. There, there will tend not to be a hunger for wisdom and instruction will make unwise choice in companions uh, in regarding to attendance or legalism keeping in mind that it's not a legalism towards God's law but toward being a lawyer you said this you didn't say that uh, I, I find, find that happens some in our household uh, and the unwise companions, she's talked about making your home hospitable. You know, uh, Susan and I talked about this years ago. She, Especially with the older boys, she would uh, get very concerned and worried. They'd want to balance on the fence and climb the trees. And she would encourage them not to do that and, in strong words. And I said, well, you've got to be a little bit careful. Uh, you can you can make your home so unhospitable, They'll go do those things someplace else and you can't see it. Uh, and then you won't know what's going on Uh, and he talked about the example he used was uh, his sons were skateboarding he said they built a a half pipe in their backyard he said the whole backyard was a half pipe (laughs) and for those years everybody could come to the house and do the half pipe the only requirement was the parents had to sign a a release that they could come and he says that was a wonderful opportunity to meet the parents of the kids and he said, you know, years later they, they tore it down and he says he's walking down the street in Pennsylvania where he lives and a 30-year-old man in a business suit comes up and sets down his briefcase and hugs him and he's thinking, you know, who is this kid? Yeah, And it turns out he was one of, one of the young men that had skated on that, that uh, halfpipe years ago and still remembered being there. Um, he talked about sexual temptation, how it's especially difficult in our culture. Uh, lack of eschatological perspective i e they don 't think through the end of things it 's that's a, that's a big word we talk about some eschatology, but it's, it was a, a very different use of the word you know do we think through the end result of what our thinking is uh, a lot of the problems in our country that we don 't think about those things everybody's worried about the here and now and not if I decide this, then this is going to happen uh you need to connect the seed with the harvest. Uh, I, I really like that. Um, and then Matthew, he used Matthew 6 19, uh, again, as a verse that kind of supports this idea. <clears throat> Do, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. But the idea here is you are to store up treasure. You are to plant seeds that reveal, that, uh, that give you a harvest that you can enjoy, but it needs to be the right kind of harvest. And are you planting the seeds that are going to give you a harvest that you want? <clears throat> um, and the last thing was they tend to lack hard awareness. And, and, and the point I think he made when he got to this is keep in mind, adults, this is no different for you. Uh, we're often blind to our own sin. That's why we need to be around other believers. Uh, we need help for other believers to help us see those motes that are in our eyes that we cannot see. Uh, we tend to be blind to the blindness. Um, <coughs> so that's a, a quick summary, and I, I blew through that very quickly. Trust me, I gave you, uh, what, the, uh, I don't know, 40-minute? and This was five hours that this guy gave? And uh, trust me, it was much better than 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 what I did but but again the the idea with with the youngest children you're working on the heart you're getting them to understand authority with the olders you're working on character issues the six to twelve year olds and then lastly are you working to live godly um, he spent some time talking about you know why do kids go off to college and they leave church and they never come back? It's because they were never godly to start with. You know, obviously can't force anyone, your children including, to uh, to worship God. That has to be something that, that God does in their heart. But are we working <laughs> with our children and, and I'd argue uh, with with our fellow church members to grow them in godliness? That's the idea of his other book, right? Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand. Are we being instruments to help our fellow believers? Uh, in this case, he's talking about children, but uh, but the principles are true other places as well. Um, I, I'll talk to Brother Sam. We may make our Wednesday night uh, to go through that series later or, or some other time. I don't know, but I, I really I thought it was very good. You know, It's kind of interesting as... as brother sam and i have been exposed to the stuff in nank you know i just uh, i am more and more i never didn't believe that the word of god wasn't sufficient i don't think i ever really believed that but i'm not sure i've always practiced it you know do do i first go to the word of god for any issue i have in my life i can honestly say i don't think i i know i have not always and, and the point that just keeps driving home to me is, are we doing that? Is this word sufficient or not? Uh, <clears throat> are we going to God's word first? We get in trouble in history because we don't go to God's word first. We get in trouble in science because we don't go to God's word first. Uh, and we surely get in trouble with our relationships with people because we don't go to God's word first. Uh, and... and uh, I know the young folks are really pretty much my children, you know. So I'm, I'm not speaking to anybody else. But if you if you figure out the relation stuff right now, it's a lot easier on you later. Uh, you know, if God wants to teach you and He's growing you up in, in your own, you will learn it eventually. I have no doubts. Uh, but it could be very painful. <laughs> to to use a, a quote I've heard, jerk you through a knot hole backwards." That's not very fun. My kids sometimes, and they, they know well enough, you know, I, I can be a little crotchety at times. I can be a little uh, hard to get along with. Uh, and being in my own household, they get to see it more than others. What they don't often appreciate is that it's often because God's working on me. It's not that I'm mad at them. Uh, Susan has lived with me long enough that she knows that most of the time, if I'm kind of grouchy, just unfortunately just stay out of my way if you if you uh if you don't then unfortunately some of the things that god is doing in my heart will overflow on you and that's not so fun uh i'm i'm sure none of you are like that uh I, it's just me i know i in uh. <laughs> any, any questions I, I i did uh very quickly my my idea was to give you some some thought i know some of you kids might thinking well this is not for me uh if, if if these some of these things helped you in some way and we can talk about it more that'd be good, but someday you will have children uh, someday you may have people who work for you, and trust me, they're no different from children uh, The principles are a little more difficult uh, but they're still the same no not in the same way uh, not in the same way uh, you know, I will say I have worked from some good supervisors and bad, and and those that uh, kind of use the rod without using a rod uh, have that gift. Uh, there, there are people who can do that and do it well, not in a bad way. Uh, questions, thoughts? Well, I appreciate you honoring me in, in a way that I really did good but I know I didn't but that's fine. that's okay too uh, if you have questions you know, let me know and and i w- I would encourage you to uh, uh, you know there are really good resources out there uh, I have been exposed to some of them uh, and, and but there are really really good resources um I guess that's it